You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out here. I am, I'm excited about this entire month and we have something planned every single Sunday in May and it starts today and there's really to me no better day to start it with than Mother's Day. Uh, Mother's Day is a special day for moms, it's a special day for kids, but at the same time I know that it could be a difficult day for some people as well. Maybe there's some people in here that uh, just don't have a very good relationship with their mom. So a day like today just brings about some bad memories and thoughts. Or maybe there's people in here today who have tried to have kids and they just haven't been able to. And a day like today is just a rough day for them. Maybe some of you moms have lost children. And today is just a, a reminder of, of the memories with your kid and and all the things that they used to do for you on Mother's Day. And today is a difficult day for you. So I just want you to know that we celebrate all of you today. That we love all of you. That all of you are appreciated. So as we dive in, what I want to do is, is broaden the scope. And I don't just want to talk to the mothers in the room. I want to talk to all the women in the room. And even some of us guys, we could probably take a little bit out of this as well. I want to read uh, the card that I got my mom for Mother's Day, uh, because to me, this is the epitome of motherhood. It says, stuff you ask your mom. What's for dinner? What time is it? How come? Why not? When is it my turn? Can I have more? Where is it? Will you read this to me? Can I watch TV? Can I play with this? Do I really have to go to bed? Stuff you ask your dad, where's mom? <laughs> and that, that's kind of the epitome of, of parenthood. I mean, it's, it's mama. Mama is just, she's the, the glue, really, that holds the family together most of the time. And man, we, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for my mom. But also, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for some spiritual mothers that I've had throughout my life as well. So I want you to understand this morning that if you don't have kids, it doesn't mean that you're not a mother, that you have the calling to be a spiritual mother to someone, that you have a calling to help raise kids up to know who Jesus is. So today is still your day. Today is going to be special as we keep just talking about what it really looks like to be a mother to be a provider, and to really help lead people to Jesus, which is what it's all about anyway. I, I was reading a story about a, a mother who was putting her four-year-old son down to bed on the eve of his fifth birthday, and they had been practicing numbers and transitions, and when things kind of change, you, you change the, the number of fingers that you put up. So for a whole year, when he was asked what his age was, he would put up four fingers to signify that he was four. So his mom was explaining to him, hey, as you go to bed tonight, you go to bed as a four-year-old. When you wake up, you will wake up as a five-year-old. Do you understand? How old will you be when you wake up? 
So the little boy, excited that he gets to add his little thumb to the equation, answers with all five fingers up and says, tomorrow I'm going to wake up as a handful. And that, that is the truth for kids. That's how it is. Man, we're, we are handfuls, and I'm still a handful at 34 years old. I mean, my, my parents can probably just tell you all kinds of stories. I'm not allowing them up here to do that. But we never grow out of our parents. And if you have, then, man, I, my prayer for you is that you can repair that. Because at 34, I still need my mom, and I still need my dad. I still need my parents in my life, even at 34 years old. And I'm always going to need them. And your kids are always going to need you. So as we, as we dive in, we're going to talk about two different Marys this morning. We're going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene, who we're going to call Mary the provider. And we're going to see that as we just kind of read through their stories. Now, Mary, the mother of Jesus, there are a ton of, of, of verses about her where we can kind of get a picture of who she is. And what I want to do this morning is first let you know that women are important. So we see that women were really the, the, the last ones to leave the cross. And we talked about that. We saw that, that in Scripture as we went through the, the Easter season that the women were the last ones to leave the cross. Also, the women were the first ones at the tomb. And women were also the first ones to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. So one thing that we must do and we must always do is we must honor and elevate women. And I think in the church that has been just kind of whimsical. It's been just an afterthought. It's been something that we just don't really do a whole lot is to, to honor, which means to lift up our women. And this morning, that, that's my goal is I want you as a woman sitting in this room to feel valuable, to feel honored, and to feel like God has a great calling on your life because God does have a great calling on your life. And for the men sitting in the room, I'm going to talk to you a little bit today too. So don't sit there thinking that you, you got the day off because we got some stuff that we, we need to hear as well. So there's four things that I think we can learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus. Number one is this, be ready to serve. Be ready to serve. We see that when the angel came to Mary and told her that she was going to be with child and she was going to carry the Son of God, her response lets us know that she was indeed ready to serve. We see in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, what a testimony if we went and lived life in a way that said, hey, let it be according to your word. I am your servant. No matter what, no matter what you lay in front of me, no matter what you ask me to do, no matter what you place in my life, no matter what calling I have, I am ready to serve. I am your servant and let it be according to your word and your will, not my desires, not my pleasures, not my flesh, not what I want, but your will be done. And we see that in the life of Mary. In one verse, 
We see that. Because as she was a, a young teenager, not even married, engaged to be married, and an angel appears to her and says, hey, well, you're about to be pregnant. She's like, well, it's really not possible. I can't be pregnant. Never done anything to be pregnant. And he says, yeah, well, like God said, it's going to happen, so it's going to happen. And she just says, let it be. Now, does that mean she, was, she wasn't scared? Does it mean that she didn't have some type of anxiety? Does it mean that she understood everything that was about to happen? No, this is what it means, that she was ready to serve, that she was ready to serve God no matter what the circumstances were. And that's something that we can learn today from her life is to always be ready to serve. Number two is this, trust God's timing. We see a story here in John chapter two, verses three and four. It says, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So first thing, let me, let me say this. I would not recommend trying this at home. Don't call your mom woman. It usually doesn't go well. But here, here's the picture of this. Here's the context. They run out of wine. And Mary, knowing who her son is, says, hey, they've run out of wine. And Jesus is saying, hey, my time hasn't come yet to do this type of thing. It's not yet time for me to do this. Mary wasn't really waiting on God's timing. She saw a need and she wanted it met. Can you think about a time in your life as a mother? Or if you're not a mother and you just know other people's kids, can you think of a time where you didn't trust God's timing because your kids made it almost impossible to do so? And that happens with me every day. Like, I want my kids to be at a certain point, and I'm just, I'm having to trust that God's got a different timetable than me because they're not always there where I want them to be. And then as they grow older, there's going to be some, some really big things that I have to trust God's timing for. And maybe sitting in this room right now, there's something going on in your life where you're having to sit and trust in God's timing. That you're having to be still and really know that God is God. And I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on. But I'm willing to bet that there's someone in this room that has something big going on in their life. And, and there's two paths to go. You could go your own path and try to take care of it yourself. Or you can trust in God's timing and allow Him to do the work. It sounds like an easy decision, but it's one of the hardest decisions that we make as Christ followers. It's one of the hardest things that we do following after Jesus. It's trusting in His timing. Because we want things when we want it, how we want it. And that's not always the way it goes. And if we force it to go that way, it's usually not the way that it was supposed to go. So number two is we trust God's time. And number three is this. We stay through the tough times. We stay through the tough times. We see that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at the foot of the cross. The toughest time of her son's life. 
Now I want you to imagine this. This is a real mother with real feelings. She's a human. She's not some imaginary person. She's not some special, angelic, uh, supernatural being. She is a human woman who gave birth to a son. And then he gets to about my age and he gets arrested and he gets beaten and he gets hung on a cross and she is at the foot of the cross watching her son die in agony and pain and suffering and sadness. But she never leaves. She stays through the toughest times. And it's, a, it's really easy for us. It's really easy for us to walk away when times get tough. It's really easy for us to say, hey, you know what? This is just too much for me. Or hey, they don't deserve me to stay. Or hey, they're not worthy of this. Or they're not appreciative of this. And we walk away. And I want to challenge you to stay through the toughest of times. Whether it's your kids, whether it's a friend, whether it's a non-believing co-worker, stay with them through the toughest of times and show them the love of God. The fourth thing we see from Mary, the mother of Jesus, is that she was a worshiping woman. That she worshiped God. We see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. It says, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Mary worshiped Jesus. Mary worshiped the Savior. She worshiped the Messiah. And if I could, if I could pick out one characteristic of Mary that I want you to remember today, it's that she was a worshiping woman. That she worshiped with everything that she had. And I believe that it was because of her worship that these other characteristics were there. That she was ready to serve because she worshiped. That she was okay trusting in God's time because she worshiped. That she was there through the toughest of times because of her worship. And worshiping Jesus, and we've said, we've said this a lot here, but that is just responding to everything that He is with everything that we are. It's giving our all in all to Jesus. And I get to hang out with you guys most every Sunday. And I, and I don't know if you give your all to Jesus or not. My prayer is that every single person that steps foot through these doors begins to give a little more to Jesus. Begins to worship a little more intimately. Begins to grow in the love of God. Begins to walk in the calling that's on their life. So the four things that we can see from Mary, the mother, to be ready to serve, trust God's timing, stay through the tough times and be a worshiping woman. But then we have Mary Magdalene, Mary the provider. Now, that Magdalene was not her last name. 
just to give you some, some history. That's where she was from. So she was called Mary Magdalene. Mary means Miriam in Aramaic. And Miriam was the sister of Moses, who they were named after. So they both had the same name, but they had different job descriptions. One was a mother. One was a provider. One had a kid, and all that we see about Mary Magdalene is that she wasn't a mother. But there are some things that we do know about her. We see this in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. It says, Soon afterward he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. So here's three things that we, we see about Mary Magdalene, Mary the provider. Number one is she was in bondage. She had seven demons. Now, seven is the number of completion. So what this tells me is that Mary was completely in bondage by Satan. Man, think about this for a minute. And I know it's really hard for us to talk about demons and angels because it's just something we don't really talk about a lot. I want you to know that, that that's real. There are demons. There are angels. And some of you are thinking about your kids and like, yes, there are both of those. She was completely enslaved and in bondage by Satan. But the second thing that we see is that she was set free by the Savior. Because she's following Him. She's following Jesus now. So here, here's the picture. is This woman who is, is demon-possessed by seven demons. Doesn't say what kind. It doesn't say what they were doing to her. It doesn't say what they made her do. It just says that she was in bondage. And there was a moment in time where she was set free by the Savior. She was set free by Jesus. And then she begins to follow Him. And the third thing we see is that she served with what she had. She provided for Him and His disciples as they went from city to city by whatever means she had. So Jesus didn't really have a home. He traveled from city to city. He would stay from place to place and people would provide for him and his disciples and his followers. Mary was one of these people. He said, hey, I may not have a lot, but I'm going to provide for you from what I do have. She served and she served well. Mary went from bondage to freedom to voluntary servanthood. And here's what I take from that. Is that when we're hurting and then we're healed, then we can't help but to speak of the healing, saving power of Jesus so that other people can be healed as well. Man, that is, that is what it's about. That is following Jesus. That's having an intimate relationship with Him. And that's being who He's called us to be. Saying, hey, I was hurt, but you healed me. 
And I was lost, but you found me. I was dead, but you revived me. That is the power of the Savior. And it changes lives. And it makes it, makes it to where we, as the healed, want to see other people experience the healing. Because we know what it was like in bondage. We know what it was like with the demons. We know what it was like in death. We know what it was like in chaos and destruction. But now we know what it's like in the Savior. And we want other people to experience that life. And this is Mary, the provider. And then we see that she was one of the last to leave the cross, like I mentioned, and she's the first at the tomb. She wants to go and finish preparing the body of Jesus. And we read this, and we read to where you know Peter and John are running, and, and John outruns Peter to the tomb, and they talk about all that. But then if we pick up that story, we see that Mary is there. She's crying because Jesus is gone. And she's just standing at the tomb. And we see in John chapter 20, verse 11, it says, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stopped to look into the tomb. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 15 here. It says, And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Jesus asked her about her sorrow. And then that's encouraging this morning because Jesus also cares about your sorrow. Jesus also cares about your tears. Jesus also cares about why you're hurting. Jesus says, hey, why are you why are you crying? Tell me. And he, he knew. And he knew why she was crying. He knows why you're crying. But He cares about it. And it, it's really hard for me to fathom that anybody could care more about me besides my wife than my mom. Man, my mom loves me. You can ask anybody. I'm her favorite kid. And I know I'm not the only. There's, there's another one. But I am the favorite. But she, she cares about me. She's always cared about me. And you can say I'm a mama's boy if you want to say that. I'll, I'll own that. But I can't fathom that anybody cares about me more than she does besides my wife. But that wouldn't be the truth. Because Jesus cares about me way more than she ever could. And He cares about you that much. He cares about your sorrow and your pain and your hurt. He says, why are you weeping? And then He asks a second question. He says, whom are you seeking? Jesus asked her about her seeking. He says, who are you looking for? He didn't say, what are you looking for? He said, who are you looking for? And I'm afraid that there's a lot of people that are looking for something when they need to be looking for someone. And that someone is the Savior of the world. Jesus says, hey, who are you looking for? And then it's kind of funny that 
she answers this way, but she says, it says, supposing him to be the gardener. She thinks Jesus is the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, he didn't give her a big speech. He said one word. He called her name. He said, Mary, and actually in Aramaic, he said Miriam. He didn't explain who he was. He didn't say, hey, I'm actually Jesus. I'm the one you're looking for. He called her name. And this is her response to that. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She knew just from the mention of her name, from the Savior of the world, that Jesus was there. And this morning, Jesus is he's calling some names out this morning. He wants you. He wants you to know that he's there, that he's right beside you, that he's in this place. And you can insert your name and he's calling out to you. He doesn't have to explain anything else. He's calling you because you are his. And then we see that not in this passage, but if we cross reference this in Mark, we see that Mary began to worship Jesus. She fell at his feet and began to worship. Which makes sense that Jesus said, Hey, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So Jesus saying, hey, don't, don't cling to me right now because I'm going back to heaven. And then you can have an even deeper and more intimate relationship with me. So he calibrated their relationship and then he gave her a task. Hey, go and tell everybody that you've seen the resurrected Jesus. And we see that she had the same characteristics of Mary the mother, that she was ready. And she went and proclaimed the resurrection to the disciples. A woman, a woman did this. Man, there's, there's so much talk about the disciples of Jesus and the 12 and Paul and Peter and John. But man, women played a huge, important role in the church. And they still do today. And it's important for us to honor and elevate our women. But here's something for you guys that we see that these two women were both worshiping women. We see that Mary, the mother, worshiped Jesus with the others as they met together in one accord. And we see that Mary, the provider, fell at the feet of Jesus and worshiped when she heard her name spoken by the Savior. So my question for you, man, are you a worshiping husband? Are you a worshiping Father, are you a worshiping teenager? Are you a worshiping single adult? Are you a worshiping man? Do you worship Jesus? 
Do you have an intimate relationship with Him? And I tell you that Mother's Day is, is a hard, hard day for me because I don't really know what to buy. I don't know what to get my wife. I, I don't, I usually, my wife buys the stuff for my mom, so I don't even buy that. I'm just being honest with you. It's really hard to just, just to honor a mom one day of the year because they're worthy of being honored every single day. And I don't do a good job of that. I'm sure some of you guys do much better than I do. Thank you for setting the bar so high. But the, the truth of the matter is this, is that we're all called to something. Some of you women in this room, you, you've been called to motherhood and you have kids. And maybe you feel that that calling is insignificant. And I want you to know that's one of the greatest callings that you could have on your life. It's to be a mom. It's to raise little crazies to come to know Jesus. And some of you, you don't have kids. Maybe you're, you're just not at that point in life yet, or maybe you've tried and you just don't. Or maybe, again, you've, maybe you've lost a kid. Maybe someone in this room ha has birthed uh, a kid and then they just weren't in a position to be ready. So they gave their kid up for adoption. And I want you to know that that is one of the, the deepest actions of love that you can commit is to say, hey, I'm not ready. I can't provide for this kid and allow a family that's waiting and ready to raise that kid. And I know that's a hard decision for a lot of people to make. So I don't know where you are, but I know that here's the calling that you have on your life. is to worship Jesus. To be a worshiping woman. To be a worshiping man. To love Him with everything that you are. To love Him with everything that you are. I'm going to close with this. Have you ever stopped to think about the fact that Jesus knows you and likes you anyway? Has anybody ever really thought about that? Because there's, there's people that know me that just don't like me. But Jesus knows everything about me and still likes me. He still loves me. He still wants a relationship with me. He still wants to be intimate with me. See, He cares deeply for you regardless of what you've done. Regardless of what you're doing right now. Regardless of the situation that you may find yourself in. He cares for you and He loves you more than anybody ever will. There's something that I've started to tell my oldest daughter who, again, I, I talked about her last week a little bit, but she, she doesn't understand everything I say, which is fine. I'm going to tell her anyway. But I always tell her that nobody will ever love her or think she's as beautiful than Jesus. Like He's the only one. 
He will love you the most. He will always thank you're the most beautiful. He's always going to value you the most, no matter what anybody says. More than me, more than mommy, more than any boy that comes up. If Yeah, that's going to happen one day. Jesus values her and loves her more than anybody ever will. And it's the same for you today. It's the truth today. And I want you to know that the resurrected Jesus is speaking your name today. He's not saying Miriam. He's saying you. He's calling you out. He's calling you to be a worshiper. And what does that do? It shows the younger generation that there is hope. It shows all our kids that there is a future for them apart from this world. It shows the the next generation that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is active, and that Jesus is worthy. And that's what it's all about. So this morning as we as we get ready to to close, I want you to think about this this one thing. I want you to think about where you are in life, whether you are a mother or you're not, whether you're a father or you're not. I want you to think about the characteristics that we saw from Mary and ask yourself those questions. Are you ready to serve? Are you ready to do whatever God calls you to do? And that could be a scary, a scary thing. Are you ready to trust in God's timing? Are you ready to really allow Him to, to be in control? Are you willing to stick through the toughest of times, not with just your kids, but with others? And are you worshiping Him? Could, I, could somebody describe you as a worshiping woman? Could somebody describe you as a worshiping man? And if you, if you don't live those characteristics out, man, today could be the day that you take that step. Today could be the day that your whole relationship with Jesus is transformed into something more real and something more personal. Today could be the day that you become the mom that you've always wanted to be. Today could be the day that you become the provider that you've always wanted to be. Today could be the day that you become the father and the husband that you've always wanted to be. So there's usually, I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you, there's usually just one thing that stands in the way from where you are and where you want to be, and it's yourself. And the Bible's clear. And we have to die to that every day. 
We have to die to self every day. Are you willing today to die to yourself so that you can worship at the feet of Jesus uninterrupted with no obstacles? Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.